This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Right now, though, the new film Spider-Man No Way Home is reporting the second highest domestic movie opening of all time, trailing only 2019's Avengers Endgame. Let's take a look at the better-than-expected success. Paul Dergarabedian is here, senior media analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore, based in Los Angeles. Uh, Paul, before we get into Spider-Man and its success, what do you make of the fact that now the two top movies are Spider-Man and Avengers? I mean, that, that's one particular market that's really taken off. Yeah, the superhero film is just a genre that people love. And when you look at the top grossing films of all time, and certainly the top opening weekends of all time, the numbers are astounding and very much uh, skewed towards the superhero genre with Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. Of course, there's a couple of Star Wars movies in that top echelon of opening weekends. But yes, no question, this debut is so important for movie theaters. $260 million in North America, $600.8 million globally for Spider-Man No Way Home. Just amazing. And we've seen that streaming has taken over. I mean, it's a lot of people just want to see it at home. But this shows that there's something about the big screen that has staying power. People want to see it on the screen and they want to see it in community. Yes, indeed. And that's a big part of it. The electricity. I saw the movie uh, last Thursday afternoon and the electricity was in the air. People were really excited to be there. There are so many spoilers in this film. I won't go into any of them. I don't want to get in trouble. But there were points during the movie where the whole audience erupted in applause, uh, people cheering for the movie. You could do that at home. It might feel kind of weird. Uh, but in an environment with a lot of other people in a movie theater, it's really cool. And this is a movie that delivers not only on the promise of the Spider-Man franchise, but it just but the performances by all the actors involved and, and actually Tom Holland, uh, Zendaya, uh, the, the lead actors are so great. The movie is a crowd pleaser. So much fun. And the FOMO, fear missing out factor, is off the charts on this one. Well, that's what they've managed to capture in all of these movies is not just, hey, we have the characters you love, but great action, great writing, the, the storylines that, that are woven through them. If you don't have that, then just having those characters doesn't really do much. That's right. You make a great point because, you know, the best special effect I always say is a great script. And, you know, for this movie, the, the pathos is there. The emotional component is there. The relatable characters there. You need to almost, uh, you know, bring a, a box of tissue with you because there are some moments where people were actually sobbing and almost sobbing, I would say, in the theater. So to have that kind of emotional response to a superhero movie 
that says a lot about the writing and the acting and the way this movie was put together. Thanks so much, Paul Dergarabedian. He's senior media analyst for the box office tracking company Comscore. YouTube TV is restoring access to Disney content after the two companies settled a dispute over the cost. Let's get an update. Tim Hanlon is here, founder and CEO of the Vertair Group. Uh, Tim, before we talk about the resolution, talk about the battle here. I remember seeing this and wondering what, what exactly was going on between YouTube TV and Disney. Yeah, so YouTube TV, uh, Cisco, as, as you know, is essentially what they call a virtual MVPD, and, and that's an acronym essentially that means it's a, sort of an online version or a streaming version of what a, a cable package or a satellite TV package would be, right? Um, so we are all familiar, though, with uh, networks and content companies uh, battling with uh, folks like Comcast and DirecTV and Dish Network over the years when it comes to the price of these channels. Um, this is really no different. It's just a newer flavor of that. YouTube TV uh, is a bundle of uh, cable and broadcast TV channels, not unlike a cable or satellite package. Uh, and the dispute really was uh, over pricing. Uh, the real uh, issue is um, YouTube wanted to pay uh, a little bit less for those channels because they're relatively smaller, now 4 million subscribers strong, I guess. Uh, and uh, they felt that uh, they were getting big enough, YouTube TV was, to uh, essentially get a discount on those, uh, those channel prices. Disney disagreed, and uh, the threat of, uh, of holding back all of the Disney channels until a settlement was uh, agreed to, and that's what we have now, is they're back on the air. It's interesting that we see now the, the power of both of these. As you mentioned, YouTube TV now big enough to have some pull, and Disney obviously has some pull. That, that must make those negotiations pretty unique. Well, sort of. Uh, I mean, you know, YouTube, obviously, YouTube TV has the, uh, the power of Google behind it, uh, the YouTube uh, uh, basic uh, site, uh, which is very popular in streaming audiences, the, the, the uh, small clips that, that one might see on YouTube. Um, but look, I mean, uh, Google was, uh, YouTube was basically saying we're, they were going to take $15 off of the subscription fee if the Disney channels uh, were uh, to be held back. And that's uh, a pretty interesting little uh, new sort of wrinkle uh, that uh, would really show that uh, there is some real power in the distribution side, not the content side. So I think you're going to see more of these, um, uh, just different flavored and digitally so uh, in the future because content is uh, important. But remember, Disney's also thinking about going more direct to consumer, right? They're talking about bundling Hulu and ESPN Plus uh, and uh, Disney Plus all together in one package um, you might not need a YouTube TV to get to all those channels in the future. So we'll see. And when it comes to all the streaming services, I mean, we used to see these battles between just a few cable providers and the major networks and the major content providers. Uh, but now with all the streaming services, there's more of these battles to be had. Exactly. And uh, we don't need necessarily an aggregator like a cable operator or even a YouTube TV uh, much anymore to aggregate stuff for us. We can get stuff increasingly directly from the district from the uh, content owners themselves uh and i think you're going to see a lot more drama in the uh, next couple of years but uh, just make no mistake the bundled cable type uh, package is uh, becoming less and less important to consumers as they get stuff for uh more directly from the uh, actual content owners themselves do content battles like this do they at all benefit the consumer or, or is this pretty much just the companies kind of arguing over how much will be paid how much will be made well, in theory, uh, I think uh, the, the reality is that uh, this is a rebalancing, I think. And 
if you really look at it, if you were to unbundle and, and unsubscribe to cable and satellite, uh, you still got to get your over-the-air channels, which ostensibly you can get for free. But when you start packaging up those other uh, streaming services, it starts to look about as pricey as, a, as an original cable package. So uh, I think it's really more uh, a reallocation of spend than it is a, a benefit to consumers overall. We'll see. Thanks so much, Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Vertair Group here in Chicago. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Making sense of your dollars. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Stark stocks really struggling today. The Dow down 627. The NASDAQ is down 273. And the S&P is down 78 points. Let's see what's going on. Gary Kaltbaum is here, president of Kaltbaum Capital Management. You can find him online at GaryK.com. Gary, what's behind the big drop today? Well, when you have already had weak internals in the market over recent weeks, and uh, for lack of a better word, a crash in a lot of high beta growth names, you add in this whole COVID thing and all the news associated with it, and you get what you are seeing. Uh, you're seeing oil prices get smacked, uh, worried about demand going forward, and just the word lockdowns and restrictions. And when you see senators and athletes getting the COVID, even though they've had booster shots, it just takes away any good psyche the market has, even though you're in this uh, seasonally strength period going into the holidays. Let's talk about uh, especially tech stocks. You know, for the longest time, those were the sexy ones. That's where the growth was. That's where everyone wanted to be. And uh, you know, yet, like everything, they've been struggling. Well, they rode a wave of money printing around the globe. And with the talk of less money printing and valuations in the trees with so many of these names, which, by the way, a lot of them lose money, uh, they're getting marked down now, which is a really a normal course of business. Uh, eventually, the cream will rise back to the top. I'm a growth stock manager, always looking for what companies are going to triple their business over the next five years. Those are the names you want to own. Those always work through and cut through the mustard of tough markets. Uh, but right now, without a doubt, except for a few isolated names, uh, they're in a bearish phase right now. And it's best to just step aside until, uh, you know, the clouds go bye-bye. Let's talk about energy stocks. Uh, this oil, I mean, crazy ride. It was down in the 60s, back up in the 70s last week. Now it's down again. What should we make of energy stocks? Uh, just uh, bearish right now. I, I, I would have, I, if you own them, I think you own the bigger names. They hold up best. Uh, but overall, you're tracking prices of the commodity and with the commodity uh, coming down in price as the worry about less demand. And when you're seeing, you know, travel related things going on, certain countries stopping travel, uh, you worry about how much flying there's going to be. Uh, if there's less flying, less demand for oil, less demand for oil, prices come down and you end up in a little bit of a vicious cycle. So for right now and avoid, uh, I don't own any at this juncture and I don't see owning it anytime soon. Let's talk about some of those uh, reopening stocks. People were wondering if uh, especially travel stocks would rebound. They obviously getting hit, too, by this, because if there's bigger COVID outbreaks, it might make people more leery of traveling. 
Yeah, travel stocks have been the bearish phase. Even before this announcement of, of, of the new COVID, I will tell you some of the opening up stocks, getting a little bit of a bid, uh, but not much. Stocks that really benefited from lockdowns like Netflix and Roku and Peloton and things like that. Just They're just not getting going at this juncture, but something I have my eye on, but it'll only be because bad news comes out, uh, not good news. Uh, and basically the good news we're hearing right now, yes, this thing is viral, but uh, looks like it's not really intense and uh, not really causing a lot of big problems. And hopefully uh, that's the uh, shape of things to come. In a time of volatility like this, especially with the unpredictable nature of this virus and what Washington is going to do in the Fed, uh, give, give some advice to people. What do they do? They don't necessarily want to pull all their money out of the markets, but they don't want it all to be in losers. Well, look, you've got a hundred and some odd years of history that we go through bearish phases and we always come out of it because you really can't fight capitalism and the ability, uh, upward mobility of American people as well as business. Uh, but there are moments in time where valuations get stretched. Uh, it gets too frothy and speculative and you need to wipe the smiles off the faces of the, of the bulls. And I think you got some of that process going on right now. And I just tell people, instead of me telling them what to do, just decide for yourself. If, if it's giving you sleepless nights, maybe you have too much uh, on the table and you want to take some off. Uh, cash is never a bad thing if markets are going down. Uh, and this has got to be an individual decision. Right now, I'm heavily in cash myself uh, because I saw some of this coming and I'm pretty happy. I got my feet up, relaxed, and uh, waiting for the turn to back to the upside. Yeah, waiting for those investment opportunities to make some money. Thank you, Gary Kaltbaum, president of Kaltbaum Capital Management. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's been a record year for people quitting or changing jobs. One key thing to think about when doing that is your 401k retirement plan. What are some blunders to avoid? Craig Bolanos is here, founding partner and chief executive officer at Wealth Management Group in Inverness in Downers Grove. Uh, yeah, Craig, a lot of people changing jobs or just leaving the workforce altogether. And many times they leave those 401ks j just sort of hanging there, right? Is that a wise thing to do? Now, Cisco, you're absolutely right. In the wake of what we call the Great Resignation, people have 401ks scattered all across this great land. And I worry that if people don't consolidate those old 401ks into an IRA, don't consolidate those 401ks into their new employer plan, they run the risk of possibly having poor beneficiary choices, investments that aren't particularly suited for them, and to be quite frank, just a lack of awareness on where where the money is 20, 30 years later when retirement rolls around. And, uh, okay, so don't have multiples. That's a very good piece of advice. Um, what about, you know, if you make that transition, do you automatically uh, roll all that money into the other 401k or 403b? Do you just get a check and do it later? How do you handle that? Cisco, that's right. If you leave your current employer, what we don't want you to do is we don't want you to cash out. Never cash out the retirement accounts. And I know it's tempting, especially this time of the year, December going into January when a lot of people wake up with a financial hangover. But make sure you protect, whether it's a small balance or a big balance, never cash out that 401k when you change employers, change jobs. 
just your future retirement will thank you if you keep the money intact. So when you get, we talk a lot about matching and some companies did away with that when the pandemic first hit, others kept it up or bringing it back. Uh, Is that something to be concerned about in the new 401k that you're getting? Should you make sure to take advantage of that? Well, Cisco, I definitely think so, because who in America, I mean, we love things when they're on sale, and we also should love free money, but something that's happening is ever since employers moved to the concept of auto-enrollment, meaning you go to the new company, they let you know that you're automatically enrolled in the 401k plan, quite often that auto-enrollment is at a rate of 3%, but time and time again, so many employers say, if you want to get the maximum match, you might have to defer 6%, which means people are inadvertently leaving money on the table. So going into January, I want everybody to take 10 minutes out of their day, find out exactly how the company match works on their 401k plan, and make sure you're contributing up to that because we don't want any free dollars being left on the table. And let's talk about getting it set up. Okay, so you want to make sure to take advantage of the match. Uh, Another thing is, how do you allocate that money? Every account has some sort of a, a standard sort of default allocation. Is that what's good for you or should you not do that? I think the default allocation, which oftentimes is what we call a target date fund, a life cycle fund, it is a great starting place for many. But just like we talk about in the noon business hour, it's all about education leading to empowerment. You have to do your homework. So once you ensure that you're receiving that company match, I then want you to take a look at the menu of options within that 401k or 403b plan. Take a look at the default option you've been enrolled in, and after you analyze its performance, the mixture between stocks, bonds, and how it changes over time, make an assertion on your own or with professional guidance as to how you might create something that's more customized to the unique situation that is you and your family. Thanks for the advice. Craig Bolanos, founding partner, chief executive officer at Wealth Management Group. It's Stock Picker Monday on the Noon Business Hour. Helping us out this afternoon, Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services, publisher of the Dow Theory Forecast newsletter based in Hammond. Chuck, it's always good to have you on the show. What's your first pick today? Now, the first pick is a bank, a Georgia-based bank, Synovus Financial. The stock symbol is SNV. Stock trades for about $44 a share. It's come off its high here, as have most stocks recently. I like the dividend yield of about 3%. Uh, I think there's going to be pretty good dividend growth there. And I also like the, the growth potential in 2022, uh, particularly on the loan side for the bank. Uh, it's uh, kind of a, a regional type bank. I think there's opportunities in those regional banks. I think they still offer uh, an area where there is good value there. And I think as interest rates do start to go higher uh, and the yield curve steep, steepens, uh, that's good news for banks. And I think that'll be good news for Synovus. So I would take advantage of the price decline here and uh, buy a good dividend yielding stock. That's Synovus symbol SNV. Okay, that's the first pick. What's your second pick? Second pick is Perkin Elmer. The stock symbol is PKI. The stock trades for $188 a share. Perkin Elmer is in the testing and diagnostic businesses. Uh, the company uh, has testing 
protocols for, for COVID. You know, there was the concern there from a company standpoint for shareholders, whether, you know, that business was going to be lasting going into 2022. And that seems like those fears have gone uh, by the wayside here, given the, 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 Delta, the continued surge in the Delta variant, as well as the Omicron variant, and the continued need for testing. So that, from the standpoint of Perkin Elmer, that's a plus. The company has also had a significant transformation in its business via acquisitions in the last uh, year and a half. I think they've made as many as eight or nine acquisitions to, to change its uh, business profile into a much more higher margin uh, business and away from hardware. So it, it's a, a nice business transition. The stock has held up very well. It's one of the few stocks today that's actually on the plus side, and I think that's a function of its, its, uh, its COVID-related businesses holding up. Stock trades at about 17 times the 2021 earnings estimates. Wall Street's looking for a pretty significant decline in earnings in 2022, and we don't think that's going to be the case. We think earnings will continue to surprise to the upside. So it's a stock we like uh, in a group that I think is going to gain favor, and that's Perkin Elmer. PKI is the symbol. All right, SNV, PKI, those are the two ticker symbols for today. Why don't you tell us what the Dow theory is saying these days? Well, the Dow theory is still bullish. The last major signal under the Dow theory was a reconfirmation of the bullish trend. You know, what we're watching now are so, the, the recent uh, low points in, in that last decline we had. And, uh, you know, it would not be a real positive for the market or the Dow theory, for example, if you saw the Dow Jones Industrial Average close below the 34,000 level. We're about 34,800 right now. So there's a little bit of room there. But, uh, again, if, if people are kind of looking for points on the downside to, to, to watch that 34,000 level on the Dow Jones Industrial Average is one that's, that, that's certainly worth watching right now. Thanks so much. Always good advice from Chuck Carlson, CEO of Horizon Investment Services. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.